Keeping It With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is brought to you by TKM Incorporated. This company located in Moss, Tennessee, specializes in erosion control, hydro-seeding, hydro-mulch, silt fence. They do minor excavation work, and they also provide traffic control and construction signs. Their mission is keeping people safe. Their passion is wishing that all men could be saved. TKM stands for The King's Men. If you'd like to contact The King's Men, you can contact them at 931-243-3958. 931-243-3958. Or you may email them at tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. That is tkminc2001 at twlakes.net. The King's Men in partnership with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. SJL General Contractor is a full construction company that primarily focuses on civil construction and asphalt sales in the Huntsville and Fayetteville regions. Services they provide include, but are not limited to, road construction, asphalt material, underground utilities, site work, and demolition. They employ heavy equipment operators, concrete finishers, pipe layers, and CDL dump truck drivers. If you would like for this company to work for you on your project, or if you'd like to work for them as an employee of this family-owned business, you can contact them at 931-433-4660. That is 931-433-4660. Or three W's and a dot sjnl.com. That's www.sjnl.com. SJNL General Contractor is a sponsor of Keeping Up With Jones. Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. This episode is being recorded in the sunroom of a little house that was built in the 1920s and it's in Burksville, Kentucky. It's known as Creekside. It's a little Airbnb that some church members here own, and they've allowed me to stay in it while I'm doing the seminar in Salina, Tennessee. This is a beautiful, charming little house, and and they've got this sunroom, and I set my podcast stuff up, and I'm sitting here looking at the beautiful scenery. It's a little misty rain, and there's green rolling fields all the way up to you can see the small mountains in the background. Uh, I've seen wild turkey. I've seen deer. It's just a beautiful little thing. And, th- and then in front of the house is a creek that flows into a, a, another smaller river. And uh, it's just beautiful. It's called Creekside. Now, I'm staying here as part of this seminar that I'm doing in, in Salina, Tennessee. Now, when I first show up at this charming little house, it's a little later than most people want to go uh, on the two-lane back roads in, in Kentucky. and I've made references to my first trip to Kentucky years and years and years ago, and so I knew I was going to be close to the Kentucky line. I've been up in Salina before, and uh, I'm heavily armed. (laughs) So when I pull up to this little Airbnb, the first thing I get out of the car is my Dan Wesson with the rear-mounted Trijicon sight. And so I go into this little Airbnb and I clear the thing from top to bottom, make sure there's no heffalumps, woozles, varmints, or other things living in the house. And then I began to unpack. Well, I chose the back bedroom 
the back bedroom mainly because it's the one closest to the restroom in the shower. And so I'm sitting here getting ready. It's it's dark and I'm trying to put all my stuff together. And the thought comes to my mind, what's the what's the chances of a house built in 1920 having some poltergeisters, having some legends about it, especially in the backwoods, dark hollows of Kentucky? And because just being efficient with my organization, I just took my suits and hung them on the doorknob of the bedroom. Now, I pushed this little door closed so I could organize my stuff. And the thought about the ghost comes to my mind. And I didn't realize that my suits were heavy enough to make this little doorknob uh, not adequate to latch. And so while I'm thinking about staying in a house built in the 1920s in the woods by myself in Kentucky, the door slowly starts to swing open. Now, had Jackie been with me, we would have left. We would have been done. We would have gone somewhere. We would have camped at a state park. But I'm not too worried about stuff like that. And like I said, I've got my 45. So I close the door back and, and get organized. Now, Jackie's not with me. That's a significant part of, of, of this story because, you see, she had foot surgery. Now, she was supposed to have foot surgery on February the 3rd, but unfortunately, because of some of the things that happened with me, I used up all of our surgery moments in the great scheme of the universe, and so Jackie had to delay having her foot, foot surgery until April, late March, early April, and so I make this trip out of town, and, and she's at home. Now, I'm not a neglectful husband. She's got a good little walking boot, and uh, she's been getting around good, and we even did a test run where she drove herself to church, and so she's adequate to do what she needs to do, but I'm still trying to keep her off her foot. I'm still trying to be as, as good a caregiver for her as she was for me when I was convalescing, so I'm getting ready to go to this little speaking trip. Now, I've got to find coats that'll fit. So far, I only have two coats. I have some old coats that are size 44s, and I wear a size 46 short. And so I put those on like a homeless person. I've, I've not ever been this small in my life. Well, not in my adult life. And had I been this small in high school, I'd have picked on myself. But anyway, I find the two coats I can wear, and I get my dress pants that I can wear, and I get the new shirts Jackie bought me that I can wear, and then I'm putting my running shoes and some sweatpants together, and I got to find my wireless uh, bone-conducting headphones so in case I get to go for a run, and then I get a text from Nick Melton that says, hey, we're going to do a CrossFit workout on Saturday. Would you like to join us? So, hey, I got to put some stuff together that's appropriate to wear at a CrossFit, and while I'm getting this stuff done, Jackie needs me. Now, she's not a bad patient. Well, she's a bad patient in the terms that she doesn't do what the doctor tells her to do. She's already unwrapped her foot and rewrapped it because she didn't like the way it felt. Uh, the doctor told her not to be on crutches because they're afraid of her falling, but she has these racing crutches that, that she's ran around with when she had two hip replacements. And so she does things she's not supposed to do, and I'm trying to keep her just still, and that's hard. My wife has the attention span of a weather vane. And where if I get laid up and convalesce, I sit in front of the TV and, and, and watch movies and watch Netflix and watch Hulu and watch all kind of stuff. And Jackie's got to get up and she's got to be doing, she's got to be moving. And so I'm trying to keep her off her feet and I'm bustling around trying to do things. And she calls me and I leave my packing and I go address whatever it was that, that she needed addressed. And, and it wasn't anything inappropriate. It was just something that she needed and I needed to do for her. But I'm a linear doer. Now, I'm not a linear thinker. 
You know, I don't look at things and go, this dot connects to this dot, connects to that dot, connects to that dot. The way I think is I go, hey, if you take those dots, turn them sideways and cross your eyes, they make a lizard. But when I start to do something, I want to go from point A to point B. And there's not a point A, point one, A, point two, A, point, there's a point A to point B. I walk to the mailbox and I don't care if there's a snake in the driveway. I don't care if there's trash on the lawn. I don't care if something's been turned over. I'm going to the mailbox first. And then I'm going to address the snake, the trash, the thing that's been turned over. I just don't like to get out of my routine and get distracted. Because when I do, I forget things. So I'm in the dark little cabin in uh, Birchville, Kentucky. And I start looking for undergarments. And I have none. Because while I was packing my bag and Miss Jones called me from the other end of the house, I ended up closing the bag and, 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 and getting it ready to go without going through my normal check routine. I've got my dop kit. I've got my preaching clothes. I've got my Bible. I've got my podcast stuff. But yeah, I'm in southern Kentucky, northern Tennessee, and I don't have any underwear. So I go over to Salina and, and I preach at this little church and and. We had a huge crowd for the first night. And, and so when church is dismissed, we stand around visiting, and it's almost 8 o'clock. Well, I get my phone out, and I look for Walmart. Well, the closest Walmart from Salina, Tennessee, is in Tompkinsville, Kentucky. So I punch in my little thing for, for Tompkinsville, and I drive up the road about 20 minutes, and I go into the Walmart, and I buy the things that I need to buy. And then I take this little thing and I punch in the address for Creekside, the little Airbnb I'm in. Well, now instead of it taking me familiar roads back down into Salina and and go outside of town and turn on Kettle Creek Road, I'm just following the GPS. And I'm driving along. I'm listening to a John Sanford book on on my uh, uh, Audible program. And I'm I'm driving through the dark in in Tennessee. It's 930, almost 10 o'clock. And I'm driving around and I keep looking at the GPS and and said, you know, there's a river there. In fact, it's the Cumberland River. And I keep looking at this road and and, and the road goes to the river and and, and that's it. You're, You're at the river. And I began to be concerned because I do not have a staff that I can strike the surface of the water with. I don't have a mantle that I can lay on it like uh, Elijah did. The best I've got is, a, is, a, is a, a rifle and a pistol. And I don't think shooting the surface of the river is going to do much good other than create some noise. And then my GPS says, take a right at the Cumberland Ferry Ferry. The what? The Cumberland Ferry. And so I drive down this hill, and it's a steep hill, and there's a hairpin curve, and then there's the river. If you keep driving, you're going to baptize the tactical Toyota, and then sitting there beside the river is is this ferry. And not, not Tinkerbell, not that kind of ferry. It's, it's F-E-R-R-Y. It, it's a large, blown-up version of Daryl Pickles' fishing boat. It would probably hold maybe three vehicles bumper to bumper. And, and I drive my truck down, and all of a sudden the lights come on, 
And this young man wanders out of this small cubicle out here on the dark banks of this river. And he opens up this gate and I drive my truck onto that. And I reach into the dash and I get my 45. And I'm looking at this kid who stays all of his nights on the river by himself. And I'm thinking to myself, the only thing between this guy and a five-state killing spree is reliable transportation. And I've just driven it up into his, into his lap. Well, he closes the gate. He starts this little motor. We push off from the gate, and in less than two minutes, because I videoed the voyage, in less than two minutes, the end of this barge touches the next piece of pavement, which is on the other side of the river. The young axe murderer opens up the gate, and I drive out and up this steep hill, and I have crossed the river, and I'm I'm, I'm headed to my Airbnb. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe that... The, Listen, when I tell you that just trusting my GPS to get me from point A to point B is a bad habit, I used to read a map. I used to keep a map in my car. But I don't have a map anymore. I'm totally dependent on the GPS. And to tell you that I was as lost as the sign language interpreter at Pentecost is, is, is not an exaggeration. Had I not found a way to cross this river, I'd still be driving around in the backwoods of Kentucky, and probably by this time I'd be out of ammo. But I crossed the river. I, I crossed the river using a, a barge or, or, or a ferry. And, and before they started building bridges and had the technology to do that, you only crossed a river at a ford where the water was low enough to cross or where there was a ferry where the water was big enough that you could uh, float something and, and haul things across. If you look at your life and you say, hey, this is where I'm at, and this is where I'd like to be, and you can fill in the blank, and this is what I need to get there, then you've solved most of the problems in your life. Now, you've got to be realistic about what you need to get there. I, I need to cross this river, but, but I can't use Moses' staff, and I can't use Elijah's mantle. I don't have the Ark of the Covenant, so when my feet touch the water, it won't immediately part. I don't have, the, you, you've got to be realistic about your resources. You see, a problem is defined as a lack of resources and being able to define, hey, this is where I'm at, and this is where I want to be, and this is what I need to get there. That's the way we make decisions about life. That's the way we make decisions about the future. Uh, Jordan Peterson has on his website a thing called self-authoring, and it's where you basically do this quasi-autobiography, and then you start doing some predictions. If I stay on this path, and I keep making these grades, and I don't go to school, then in five years, this is where I'll be. And then you do the opposite exercise. If I improve my grades, and I stay in school, and I go to college, and I get a master's, then in five years, this is where I'll be. Now, which one of those where I'll be's do you want? Which future can you project for yourself? And just simply looking at that future helps you point out or help you plot where you're going to go. It becomes the GPS for the direction of your life. Where you're at and where you want to be those two points have to be connected with reasonable, achievable goals. And a lot of those goals come in, in incremental steps. You know, if you were to, to make this into like a, a pyramid made out of circles, 
So, you know, on the bottom of the, the pyramid, there's four circles. And in the next layer, there's three circles. And the next layer, there's two circles. And in the top is the one circle of where you want to be. Uh, well, oftentimes we run into people who have what we call positive fantasies. A guy comes into the jujitsu gym and says, I'm going to be the next UFC champion. And that's his top circle. And you go, okay, so uh, did you wrestle in high school? No. Did you take martial arts as a kid? No. Uh, have you been involved in any kind of competitive sports that involve punching, kicking, throwing, wrestling? No. Did you ever get in a fight on the playground when you were seven? No. Well, all of a sudden, you've got this goal, you've got this single circle, and you don't have the two, the three, and the four circles beneath it to build your pyramid, and that's what we call a positive fantasy. So when you start looking at, okay, this is where I want to be, this is my ultimate goal, own my own business, uh, achieve this sports thing, climb this mountain, what do you have to have underneath that? And what do you have to have underneath that? And one of the incremental steps and the things you need to learn, the skills you need to master, or the equipment you need to acquire to accomplish that. When you can do that, then you can connect, this is where I am, and this is where I want to be. And when you can identify, this is where I am, this is where I want to be, and you can fill in the gap of what's keeping me from being there, whether it's a barge, a rope, a bridge, or anything else like that, once you can identify the missing resource, then you've plotted the GPS path for the success or the goal or the thing that you want to do in life. And a lot of times we feel lost. A lot of times we feel like we're driving on the back roads of Kentucky and we're headed for the river and we don't know how we're going to cross the river. And we're thinking, I don't see a bridge and I can't part the water. And out of the blue, this unexpected ferry shows up. And now we may be talking about a ferry, the magic dust, the, the Tinkerbell, the magic wand. Because the solution to our problems often is something that we don't expect. I don't know if it's providence or answers to prayers or just the fact that we're willing to look at things in an unconventional way. And although crossing the ferry uh, that late at night with this young man who is operating the thing, uh, it wouldn't have been my first choice. It saved me an hour's drive to retrace my steps back to Tompkinsville Walmart and then go from Walmart back into Salina and then outside of Salina and back across the Kentucky line. You can get where you need to be, but I recommend getting there by the most direct route. And the most direct route is taking an inventory of your life and asking what are the resources I'm missing. Now, sometimes that's education. Sometimes that's finances, sometimes that's maturity, sometimes that's self-insight. A problem is defined as a lack of resources, and a dysfunction is described as a misuse of resources. It would have been real easy to refuse to ride the ferry because it was a little spooky and somewhat intimidating, but as it turned out, that unconventional way of crossing, because I've never crossed a, a body of water on a ferry sitting in my truck before. 
But once I did it, I was so much closer to my destination. I was so much closer to my goal. I was so much closer to Creekside than some avoidant, circuitous route that would have been not only inefficient, but dysfunctional. Where are you? Where you want to be? Fill in those gaps and you'll find yourself at your destination. Using the tool of shortwave radio, World Christian Broadcasting literally covers the world every day with the gospel. They use two large curtain antennas. One is located in Anchor Point, Alaska, and the other in Madagascar. They send out messages that are recorded at their international home in Franklin, Tennessee. They make available 40 hours of broadcast every day. The broadcasts are made in English, Chinese, Russian, Spanish, Portuguese, Korean, English for Africa, and Arabic. They would love for your group to visit them. You can bring your ladies group, your youth group, or your men's group. Just give them a call at 615-371-8707, 615-371-8707, or you can go to three W's and a dot, worldchristian.org, find the Donate Here button, and make a financial contribution to support this work that literally covers the world every day with the gospel. World Christian Broadcasting, in cooperation with Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure is sponsored by us, what? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones. Cognitive spiritual development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem. Grappling with life, controlling your inside space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian jiu-jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I were a mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones, and then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Thank you.